Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the week for the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Today, we've got some NFL talk. We're talking about NFL quarterbacks and some NBA all-star talk. Let's just dive right in. Obviously, the regular season of the NFL is over. Some quarterbacks had up and down seasons, and we are going to evaluate whether we think those guys are going to be starting next year. So first of all, tell us whether you think the quarterback will be starting when the season begins and then also when the season is wrapped up after week 18 next year. So let's start with you, Wyatt, and Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to start next year. And he, although he may not be any good, he's also very expensive. If the Broncos were to cut Wilson, he would have a $107 million dead cap hit, which would probably set the franchise back about a decade if they were to go ahead and make that <laughs> move. Um, their best move is to squeeze as much juice out of that lemon as possible try to revamp the offensive scheme, maybe throw another weapon in there somehow. I definitely boost up that offensive line and do what kind of roughly Seattle did. We have a great defense. We've got a young running back. At least I don't know if Seattle did have a young running back, but they have a good run game and we're just going to live off of play auction pass a couple deep stuff. We're not going to make Wilson just kind of scheme at the offense, go through his progressions. We are one trick pony and we're going to win this way. I agree. I think I think he'll be starting through all of next season. One reason I say this, I'm all aboard the Sean Payton partnership. How can you be against the partnership? This is kind of, I just kind of wanted to make this joke. A partnership between a quarterback and a coach who have two first names each. I mean, it's bound to be magic. <laughs> you don't get that very often. No, but actually, I think, like, Sean Payton, we know, is a quarterback guru. Um, and I still think, I talked about this last offseason, I still think the Broncos are generally, like, a very talented roster. They had a lot of bad injury luck this year, and that should regress to the mean next year. And also, it's a tiny sample size, but Russ did look a little bit better when uh, Hackett left. Does it mean anything? No, probably not. But uh, I'm kind of optimistic. He made, like, a delicious throw, for instance, in their last game, uh, like, scrambling to the left, like, 40 yards deep. I still think Russ has a little bit of magic left, and I think the Broncos are not really going to be willing to bite the the proverbial bullet by benching a guy that they're paying that much money uh, in the mm. middle of the season. I think they're going to try to stick it out through to the offseason at least. Do you know people with the first name Wilson, Bart? I don't think I've ever met him. Yeah, like Wilson Chandler. Oh, okay, that's the, fair. The, yeah. the volleyball and castaway. Yes, I thought that was well. That's the first thing I thought of, yeah. <laughs> But I looked it up. Actually, that is named after like Tom Hanks' wife's last name or something like that. So, yeah, anyways. <laughs> it worked out. People get named after last names all the time. That's fair. Uh, okay, Lucas, Baker Mayfield, what are your thoughts? So, if he re-signs with the Rams, which I don't think is going to happen, but there's no way he's the starter for he re-signs with the Rams. I don't think at this point. There, Stafford recently announced that he's coming back, and so barring any sort of catastrophic injury... <laughs> I don't think he's going to supplant Stafford after as much as um, the Rams have invested in him, as much success as he had in 
His first year in LA, yes, this past year wasn't great. About halfway through the season, he had 10 touchdowns, 8 picks, but he was battling through injuries all year. I think they're going to absolutely go with Stafford if, for whatever reason, Baker resigns with the Rams. If he doesn't resign with the Rams, I think the only situation that would benefit him would be one, or one where, maybe not benefit him, but one where he would start is where he's like a brief sort of placeholder for a rookie. Like maybe, let's say, like, Whoever, like the Colts or somebody draft a first round quarterback, he goes there, he starts the first couple games, um, and then they put in I don't know, mm-hmm. insert first round quarterback who gets drafted. Um so based on all that, I think the chances that he starts the season starting is thirty to forty percent. At the end of the season, I think it's close to zero percent unless he's the backup on a team that has an injury. Um he's kind of played himself out of a starting role at this point. Yeah, he was all right for the Rams at the end of um this season, but I mean the Panthers, the end of the time with the Browns. I just think, unless you have a similar situation to this year where the where a team has injury problems and they need somebody who's like fine to fill a gap, mm-hmm. I don't think that they're starting or that he's going to be starting at the end of the year. Yeah, Lucas, I think you make good points there. I have actually the opposite scenario. I have him not starting oh. at the beginning, starting at the end. Um, I agree. I don't really see a team super banking on Baker as a starting QB heading into Week One, but I, I think even the chances are lower than 30 or 40% just because in the situation where you have like a, a new, you know, just drafted QB, I feel like they'd go for more like the veteran presence than Baker, who I feel like doesn't have a great reputation always as like, like the, a mentor of sorts. Um, but I don't know. You could be right on that. Um, I do think it's possible he'll be starting at the end of the season just because like of a similar scenario that we saw this year where a potential contender has a QB go down with an injury or watches the original starting QP play terribly a la the Colts or the Commanders this year, and then trades for Baker as like a low-cost temporary patch-up solution. You know, Baker is not one of the 32 best QBs in the NFL right now, but I feel like he's close enough that he will find his way into tentative starting jobs from time to time. So I think it's it's possible he'll be starting at the end of the season. I just want Baker to have like one more good season. He's so likable. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of rooting for him too at this point. (laughs) I know I'm rooting for him. Yeah, but uh. Jared, are you rooting for Mac Jones? Um, I kind of am actually. I know he's getting in a rap as being like a dirty player, which like a lot of it is definitely earned. But I think absolutely he will be the starter week one for the Patriots. I know there's talk that like Belichick wants Jimmy G back and all that stuff. But I don't think I don't think like Jimmy G like what we've seen Brock Purdy do now. It's kind of just like giving some of Jimmy G, mm-hmm. taking some of the shine off of Jimmy G. I think. And if you're gonna give him Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator, I think good luck with that. And I think that's if you're if you're saying that like it was Mac's fault this year and not Matt Patricia having a defensive coordinator as your offensive coordinator. I think you're kidding yourself. Like especially in that Bills game, three interceptions. A couple of um, so one of them definitely came off somebody's hand, uh, came off like the running back's hand and just like crazily went into a linebacker's hand. That was one of the picks. Another one, he they were in the red zone, they were down by double digits. He really needed to force one. It wasn't that bad of a throw. I think if he had a better wide receiver, they would have made that catch. Another play earlier, it wasn't a pick, but it literally hit the wide receiver right in the face mask, and he just didn't catch it. It was a deep pass. Like I really feel like he just has not been helped there with between his supporting cast and between having a defensive coordinator call your plays, it just doesn't make any sense. They really need to shore that up, I think. Or maybe Bill Belichick is like, 
a little too like set in his ways maybe a little bit. I don't think Mac Jones is the problem because he had a pretty good rookie season when he actually had an offensive coordinator. Um, so I'll, with that being said, I think he will be a starter week one, and I think he will be a starter week 18, like at the end of the season, and I think he should be, personally. Yeah, I mean, Jared just stole my, the words pretty much right out of my mouth on this. Like, I think Mac Jones has been like an effective quarterback when he has had things that have worked out nicely for him. Like, I don't ever think he's going to be like an elite world beater, but like, I don't know if somebody like Belichick as a coach needs an elite world beater at quarterback. Like, Tom Brady wasn't like crazy athletic or like anything. He was just like very effective at what he asked to do, and for that reason, he became the greatest quarterback of all time. I think Mac Jones is not obviously going to be Tom Brady, but can fit in similarly. He was good at the end of the season, and I think that going forward into next year, there's no reason to, like, shake it up because I don't know, like, you're going to get any bigger upgrade. Like Jared said, like, I don't think Jimmy G is, is like, an older version of Mac Jones at best. Like, I just think there's no reason to go into that. So, yeah, I think he'll be the starter 100% at the beginning of next season, and I think probably, like, 90% at the end of next season unless he gets hurt or, like, the bottom really falls out in a way that I don't think any of us expect i think yeah i think the scenario obviously like him getting hurt could be a scenario where he doesn't play but it seems like there's like a little bit of locker room tension potentially with mac jones too mm. um mm. if if that oh. turns into like a zach wilson situation then mm. that also could be dangerous hopefully he shores that up is any quarterback capable of replicating in the zach wilson situation it's <laughs> <laughs> so rough capable yes <laughs> like likely to I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah fair um you just talked about him a lot though jared uh, and that's that's jimmy g aiden what are your thoughts on jimmy i'm going starting at the beginning and starting at the end um i'm pretty certain somebody whether it's the raiders the jets someone similar will pursue jimmy g have them as their week one starter i'm pretty confident he'll be starting at the beginning of the season and he's a free agent who can choose wherever he ends up. He'll likely have a few suitors, so he'll be able to choose a team that he thinks is a not terrible situation. Uh, so I, I think Jimmy G will you know, be able to kind of steady Eddie his way through the season. Maybe I'm just charmed by his good looks. I don't know. Uh, but, but I think he'll <laughs> As anybody would. Exactly. <laughs> I'm only human, you know? know. <laughs> Wyatt, what do you think? Yeah, I think he'll start the season. I don't think he'll end the season. I don't think the 49ers need him, so they've proven that they can just plug and play almost anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll probably move on. Here's a random prediction. I think he'll play for like the Falcons or the Panthers, and then they'll end up booming for <laughs> yeah. a younger guy at some point in the season. If the Panthers aren't able to secure a quarterback, I think that – well, first of all, I think it, it's within both teams' best interest to be aggressive in the top 10 this year and try to see if you can move up and get a guy. If it doesn't happen, at least like the Panthers may still have Matt Corral – or they might be able to dip up uh, into a Anthony Richardson or a CJ Stroud, similar with the Falcons as well. I think that he's going to be like the bridge guy, like the Tyrod Taylor type where he comes in, mm. plays like three games, is awful, and then they move on and then you know somebody else comes in. So I don't think I don't think he'll end it. Speaking of the Falcons, you reminded me, did you see it took Desmond Ritter four games to throw his first touchdown? <laughs> so their quarterback situation not see that. Might, <laughs> might be in flux this offseason. um okay last but not least we got Derek Carr we did talk about him a little bit uh I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago but my take on Derek Carr is absolutely he'll be starting both at the start and at the end of the season uh and I I don't think it's gonna be for the Raiders like I mean listen you looking at his numbers this year is he the cream of the crop no you know he's never again gonna match that season when he was like what was it third in MVP voting 
But is he an improvement for several teams? Yes. Like passing yards, touchdowns, interception to touchdown ratio. He was like all middle of the road in all of them. So you're telling me that he wouldn't help the Jets or the Colts, the Commanders, even like the Panthers, which I just mentioned. I think I think he'll be able to go. He'll he'll be able to play somewhere. And um, I don't I, I just I think the Raiders really did him wrong with the way that he he's like their best quarterback in franchise history. And then they just kind of punted him to the side. I think he's going to go somewhere and avenge himself. So that's my take. Jared, what do you think? I'm definitely rooting for Derek Carr to do that. I'm not as convinced, though. I think he will be a starter absolutely week one. I don't think he'll be a starter week 18, actually. I think if you look at like what happened to like Carson Wentz, for example, which, again, he had a, a different set of issues. They've both recently have thrown a lot of picks, but also Carson Wentz like couldn't stay healthy. Apparently, like, not really the greatest teammate, maybe, um, in terms of the locker room stuff, where Derek Carr definitely is, does seem to be a good teammate. But, like, Carson Wentz went 20, through 27 touchdowns and seven picks with the Colts, then got shipped out of town. And then all of a sudden, it's, everybody's kind of declaring his career's over. Same with Baker Mayfield. Like, it, it, it ends, like, kind of quickly, it seems like, for those kind of mm-hmm. quarterbacks that haven't, like, run a, won a Super Bowl or whatever, that, like, don't really have the same clout, I guess, as, like, a Tom Brady or something. It ends, like, really quickly. And I'm kind of worried that that could happen to Derek Carr. I'm rooting for it not to, but I'm not really convinced right now. In my mind, he's he's like a tier above those guys. And I don't know if that's <laughs> fair anymore, but those guys I kind of think of as scrubs. <laughs> like on that Exactly. Level. And I don't but think Derek Carr's a scrub quick. yet. I mean, fair. Like, like, uh, like they kind of followed similar trajectories where Carson Wentz was like getting MVP votes his second season. Derek Carr was his third season. And like... Derek Carr really has not really replicated that success from his first two seasons. Like, yeah. yeah. And he has, I don't know, I just feel like he has a really good, he has a lot of weapons in Oakland, and I'm not sure he's going to get the same, the same repertoire, mm-hmm. no matter what you say about the Jets. <laughs> I don't think the Jets is an equal situation. but I don't know, though. I feel like Derek Carr, it wasn't just his first two, I feel like his best seasons were like 2019, 2020 which was several years into his career, and he was good. And pretty yeah. much up until the last two years, he was pretty consistently good. I agree that, yeah, the last being not great for two years is a pretty good sign that someone's on the decline. But I feel like he deserves some know. credit. And we this is kind of like an extended version of the Derek Carr conversation. The Raiders <laughs> are, outside of being historic, poorly ran i think that they're they they haven't really done anything right the entirety of his career let alone much time before that i would like to see and i I hope to god he doesn't go to the commanders just for those same yeah exactly i would love to see him go in a situation (laughs) that at least like best case scenario like the jets where they're Mm -hmm. like here is like a solid foundation we have a really good defense the offensive line is building we have some weapons we kind of have it all complete we just need you Versus the other way around where Derek Carr is kind of like, well, you're it and go ahead and lead this franchise because yeah. our owners are, mm-hmm. are awful and our coach is getting fired for racist emails yeah. and we have to bring in somebody else. We have to do this <laughs> and we have to do that. And, you know, the whole shebang. Like, I would like to see him in a year or two of like a stable franchise. If he still plays poorly, yeah. I'll concede my opinion. But at the very least, like Baker Mayfield, they like leaned into him and they're like, here's all this. The yeah. Browns are still idiots, but. At the end of the day, like they, oh, here's some weapons. Here's a good offensive line. Our defense is pretty decent. So, you yeah, know. I agree. Yeah. And he's 31. You know, that's, that's 31 is the new 25. Okay. Exactly. It is. <laughs> a lot of hinges on which team he picks. 
I guess. Yeah, it does. Before we move on, a quick message from our sponsors. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action's so good. Why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet just $5 in the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, we're going to round out our episode today uh, with some NBA talk about all-star starters. The all-star, uh, like full rosters have not been finalized yet whatsoever, but the fan vote has begun and the first round of fan voting results came out and it was pretty clear that some players are already getting snubbed pretty badly. So we're going to do our own selections and right those wrongs. Um, so we're just going to go through the East first and then the West. Aiden, you are picking the first guard in the East. Who's your pick there? I've got Donovan Mitchell, and I feel like I've never liked Donovan Mitchell and <laughs> talked crap about him before, and I was wrong. He's having the best season of his career. He fully deserves a start here. He's fifth in the NBA in real plus minus. He's easily scoring the most points in his career at almost 29 a game, and it's not because he's taking more shots. I kind of thought he was a volume-ish scorer. This year, he's taking like um, fewer threes than last year. He's averaging fewer two-point field goals than his career average, and he's scoring like almost three points more. Um, he's shooting 49% from the field, uh, 40% from three, which is a 5% improvement from last year. He had 71 points like a few weeks ago against the Bulls on like one of the most efficient performances in NBA history. Like He had 34 shot attempts in that game and scored 70 points, or yeah, 71 points. You know, a, a, Apparently, in like John Hollinger's game score metric, that was the third highest game score of all time in terms of how good your game was, which you know is kind of a sketchy statistic, but still, <laughs> it was very impressive. He earns the start here, yeah, and I owe a, a full apology to Donovan. Aiden hates advanced stats, advanced like co- composite stats, like PER. I know you're not a big fan of. Well, it's, it's just I I think some of the stats from, and I probably should just read some more about. PER and game score and I'm really going after John Hollinger with those two particular I guess um, but they just seem so random it's like 0.4 times you know shot attempts and you're like why like what's what's what, what are we doing this for um, I'm not against advanced stats to be clear I like them as a whole but I think some of them are just like illogical and you know if you can't explain it clearly then I'm a little suspect of it I'm going to cite some advanced stats today, so hopefully it's, <laughs> it's, it's not over the top. But um, anyway, I agree. I agree with that. I had Donovan Mitchell listed as my number two, actually. My number one, I mentioned, I talked about him a few weeks ago when talking about NBA surprises because he plays for the Pacers. That's Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. I actually would pick first as the East guard this year. That's how good he's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20.3 points per game on 48-40-88 shooting splits. That's phenomenal, and I checked this on StatMuse. There are only three players in the NBA who qualify and pull that off. And then on top of that, he leads the league still in assists per game, still the only guy in double digits, and he's also third in the league in, in steals per game. Is that what I just said? Assists per game 
and then steals per game. Uh, and then here's my advanced stat for you, Aiden. He's fourth in the entire NBA in VORP, value over replacement player right now. Um, and then on top of all that, like I talked about the other week, the Pacers are doing a lot better than anybody expected, and I think he's clearly the number one contributor to that. So I think that gets him some bonus points too. So that's, that's my other pick for guard in the East. Jared, who do you got for the first front court player? The East has a really good front court. Um, I would have picked Durant here until he just got hurt, so I'm going to pick Giannis here, actually. He's putting together a pretty good season as normal. Like, 31 points a game is third in the league. Rebounds per game, 11 third in the league. Obviously, he's pretty efficient because of the way he plays, too, at 52.7% field goal percentage. And um, he's carrying the buck, or he's um, playing the Bucks into a top-three seed at the moment. That's why I thought Durant was really impressive because of how his plays kind of stabilized the Nets when it seems like they were just a dumpster fire, like, and he wanted to get out of there and everything. Um, but since he's hurt now, um, I'm going to go with Giannis for the first front court pick. That was one thing I battled with a lot was how to weigh games played and injuries, but I guess mm, we can talk about yeah. that more. Um, Lucas, who do you got? Well, speaking of games played and injuries, it is the continually disrespected because of that stat, Joel Embiid. I think, like, the game he played tonight, I think epitomizes, like, his season so far this year. Um, obviously, there's more of an example than just this game. But tonight, they play the Pistons. In 24 minutes, he had 36 points, 11 rebounds, 2 blocks, was 12 for 20 from the field, and was plus 36. That epitomizes his season to a T. He leads the nba in points per minute of guys who play more than 20 minutes per game he averages 0.96 points per minute that's crazy um he's point he's 0.02 ahead of Giannis in that stat in addition to that he's second in the nba in points per game at 33.8 which is an insane number he's the highest among east front court players he's fourth in real plus minus and the sixers are a dramatically better team when he is on the floor i think you consider all that you have to put him as a top three starter in the front court is this the year he wins MVP? Whoa. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> tough. Uh, why? Who, who do you pick as the last front court guy in the East? Well, it's tough. I, here's what I think is going to happen. I'm going to give the nod to Kevin Durant. I know that he's hurt, but he just recently got hurt, and I don't think it's like an Anthony Davis situation for me where like he got hurt and he's been out up until this point. Um, mm. Kevin Durant has been playing extremely well up to this point. He's 90, 29 points per game. The Nets at one point had a 12-game winning streak. They're back now on a two game winning streak, but like this was a dumpster fire coming into the year so far. And at least with what we've seen from Kevin Durant, it looks like there's a sense of leadership. His play is obviously as, as good as it's ever been. And they're at least in a really good spot. And this is not an MVP conversation, but he at least deserves to be recognized as one of the best players at his position group. If you want to put him in the front court, I do think that like he'll get the nod, the name was a starter or whatever. Maybe he's a captain. And then uh, Jason Tatum will just fill his spot. I think Jason Tatum also might deserve a nod here or there. Mm-hmm. But I want to give Kevin Durant the ultimate respect of saying, like, you're the starter for the front court. No Tatum love, even mm-hmm. though he's not the best real plus minus in the NBA this year. It's kind of crazy. Yep. Well, it's it's that. tough. Some players fit in position yeah. groups where it's like you got to beat out like a bunch of other great yeah. players. And I think the NBA yeah. likes to throw a center in, so Joe Embiid. Gets a nod, but then he's it's him, Giannis, and Kevin Durant. Like, what else do you expect him to do? Unless they want to classify him as a yeah, guard, exactly. which I think is kind of dumb because they put these <laughs> two-way players on there. I don't know. Just the way that they do just it, it it's chance. really tough for some guys to get in. Yeah. Same with, like, all NBA teams, too. 
Yeah, and you know what? Same with the NFL. Like over the course of a couple of years, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes are all going to fight for two of the Pro Bowl spots. You know, in that division, and Lamar and mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. That's like sometimes it's just it's just tougher, and it's not disrespectful. Okay, well let's move on to the West. Back to the guards, Jared. What are your thoughts? You probably already know who I'm going to pick here. Uh, I'm going Luka Doncic uh, for sure. He's Honestly, he is just like he's the reason like I want to watch the NBA is because I want I want to watch Luca play to be honest. Like I love I love Dame Dame Lillard. I love um, obviously LeBron, Giannis, Katie, Joel Embiid, Jokic. All of them are like also all time greats. But like yeah, dude, Luke, we are watching just like greatness. I think with Luca and I'm like you already know about the sixty point triple double. And I actually thought he might be a forward because he's so big and that's what makes him like so unique too at the guard position. Um, at the time of my writing, he was second on sports references, MVP tracker, which as we know from when Malcolm Brogdon was an early MVP tracker, it's very accurate. Um, but he's, he's had a career best in volume and efficiency. SB nation had an article like talking about MVP candidates. Um, and they talked about how he's doing really well in volume and efficiency. And they like debunked a claim that like he's just a bigger James Harden by saying like his numbers get better in the playoffs, not worse. Like which is what James Harden kind of does, right? So <laughs> I, I don't know. I just have ultimate respect for his game and like he's fun to watch, which is what you come to an All Star game for. But also just like performance wise, he absolutely deserves it. So I'm going Luca. Lucas, who's the next guard? The other guard, I should say. Um. I was between two guys, Shea Gilgis Alexander and Ja Morant, and I think I'm going to go with Ja just very, very slightly on this one. Shea has been a slightly better on offense. He has three more points per game, higher shooting percentage, higher three-point field goal percentage. But I think Ja is just doing so much more all around, giving him the spot. He's ahead of Shea in assists and rebounds, and he's leading his team to success. The Grizzlies are tied for first in the West as of the time of recording. The Thunder are 13th, and I think that ultimately makes the difference for me. So I'll go Ja for the second guard. I'm glad I'm glad Shea has been getting more love this year, though. Mm-hmm. No, he's been great. I mean, it was very close for me because, like, offensively, he's better than Ja in pretty much every stat you can look at. But mm. I think Ja just is doing more, and his team's doing way better. He's helping his team win more, at least. Well, we can we can go back to that conversation from last year about how valuable he is. But <laughs> yes, anyway. that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Aiden, who who do you got with the first front court pick here? Okay, I've got Zion. I hope he stays healthy enough to play in the game. I'll concede Bart that Jokic is having a better season and you know probably deserves this over Zion. I would rather watch Zion just in an wow. all, like this is an All Star game conversation. <laughs> I feel like that plays somewhat into it. Um, and I think one of the biggest storylines in the NBA this year has been the Pelicans kind of coming out party uh, to some degree. They're 24 and 16, almost on pace to win 50 games, which may not sound amazing to a, say, Lakers fan, but is something the Pelicans have done just once in their 20 year history. Um, and that's despite the fact that they still have had the injury issues that always plagued them. You know, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ have played 10 games together at this point, and they're still doing super well. So, while Zion has missed some games, obviously, he's currently out with a hamstring injury. He's been relatively healthy by his standards, uh, and he's averaging 26 points a game, showing off his passing ability by averaging 4.5 assists per game. He played in his 100th career game like a little over a month ago, and has the most points of any player through 100 games since Michael Jordan 
Uh, and since the merger, wow. only four players have averaged 25 points per game on 60% shooting in any 100-game span, like any 100-game span. Shaq did it once, Chuck did it once, Kevin McHale did it once, and Zion did it in his first 100 games. Like, I feel like he's a very unique player to watch. He's young, he's explosive, he's someone I want in the All-Star game. So he has my vote here. My Jokic Stanhood can accept that, I guess. <laughs> Why, who, who do you got at the next one? I'm going to agree a little bit with some of the fan votes. I'm going to go with Kevon Looney who has seen an uptake in his points over the last five. He goes from 6.7 on a season long, and he bumps it up to 7.8. I think it's kind of disrespectful. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think how can you have an all-star game without LeBron James? I'm abandoning my original pick. Uh, but I'm going to go with LeBron James here, partly because I think Bart is going to give us a deep dive into what Nicole Jokic no, has to offer No, I didn't write here. any notes about Jokic because I thought there's no way this I, I thought that all the PER stats and all the advanced stats that tell Jokic's story were right there on the plate for you. Uh, LeBron James has had a um, – he's played 36 minutes at least in the last five games. He has a huge uptick. I think he's averaging 35. Yeah, 35 in the last five games as well. For a guy as old as he is in his 20th season – it is fantastic to see what he's doing. We know that he's one of the greatest players in the league, and it kind of feels wrong, at least especially with the captain format that they do, that LeBron James would not be involved in some capacity as a starter in the All-Star game. He'd have to be like a Dirk, like honorable kind of guy where he's kind of fallen off a little bit of his career. When you're playing as well as he has right now, I got to give him the credit. My original pick was Laurie Markkinen. I really wanted to talk about Laurie Markkinen because mm-hmm. I think he's kind of last year's Andrew Wiggins, at least – Andrew Wiggins was a little bit more random. It's worth the discussion to bring him up because he was a throwaway asset, and now he's, although the Jazz aren't great, one of the reasons why they're not just strictly tanking. 31 points per game in the last five. But LeBron's the pick here. I, yeah. I also had LeBron and Zion written down as very good choices. Who did you prepare yeah. for? If not Jokic. <laughs> I... Was very ready, very ready to take Demontis Sabonis actually, but at this point, there's <laughs> oh, absolutely good no. Good pick too. I think I actually would almost take him over LeBron, um, yeah. but you know what? I, listen, I don't have the stats in front of me because I just literally I thought Jokic was going to be taken first, but <laughs> <laughs> what I can say, I'm pretty sure he's Sorry. still first in the MVP tracker. I'm pretty sure he's uh, if he's not first, he's got to be top three in everything. Like. In win shares, box plus minus, VORP, and PER. Last time I checked, he was up there in all of them. Um, he's almost certainly leading the league in assists by big men. Uh, and he might even be like third overall in that, which is just absurd. His passing, I think, it's not underappreciated, but it's so much fun to watch. The same way you, Jared, like to watch Luka. Uh, Jokic is such a pleasure for me to watch because of the way he passes. But yeah, I... Um, I think LeBron is leading the front court right now, which is annoying, but I think Jokic will end up being a starter, so it's fine. I don't, there's no r- wrong that has to be righted here. Mm-hmm. Bart, if there's two things we know about this podcast, always you need to always come prepared with Vikings notes and Nicole Jokic uh, advanced stats. <laughs> no matter what. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember that next time. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> The good news is once we get to the playoffs, you only need to get like one round of stats. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. The number one current number one seed Denver Nuggets somewhere just just waiting Jared to uh, you know Prove me wrong. Prove you yeah. wrong. I don't 
to burn your name. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, thank you for listening. I hope you love this podcast as much as Bart loves Jokic. Mm. And if you have not already, please like and subscribe to Lunchpail Guys wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Follow us on social media at Guys underscore on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll be back next week. Make sure to catch us then. See ya.